Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Avery, and I'm here with not Carlos. Carlos' Wi-Fi is ass, so he ditched us last minute. Greg. Hey. And Matt. Just abandoned in our time of need. Just like an absentee podcast before. father. It's absurd. Most of us aren't sober right now either, so this is very... Your words. <laughs> this is our football episode, recapping the week in the Pac-12. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod, and send us an email with your questions at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to continue to recap the season by doing some food play <laughs> with Pac-12 teams, yeah. and we'll compliment <laughs> each other on our respective football takes over the season but first we had a football game <laughs> i think it's in generous sh- to call that a football game in the show notes it says that oregon's like it says oregon state beat utah state because we wrote <laughs> these were prior to the game but that did not happen no it did uh, not. sadly oregon state lost to utah state 24 to 13 in the la bowl today um, what did you all think of Oregon State's performance here, Matt? I am I'm so sick and tired of the the NCAA college football as a whole, this conspiracy to force Oregon State to once again play outside of Corvallis, Oregon. This is bullshit. We have decided unilaterally that this is not something that is tenable for them as a football program, and that we have all decided that it's best for college football as a whole and as a product for Oregon State to only have to play home games and I think it's bullshit that that didn't happen here uh, Jimmy Kimmel go to hell um, for dragging them out of their their safe confines of the graveyard um, completely unacceptable behavior uh, by so many involved um, otherwise I I think I fell asleep in like the third quarter this was incredibly – I'm so sad. I really thought that this was going to be a really, really fun game, and it was super, super ugly. Um, once again, a white edge rusher uh, wearing a Utah uniform absolutely terrorized a Pac-12 team. Um, that was that was pretty uh, embarrassing to see happen once again. Um, and, Avery, I know you're going to talk about this, but I, I just – we, we need to figure out some sort of way to limit Jonathan Smith's ability to call passing plays. Yeah, when you look at this game, like Chance Nolan was not the most disappointing part of the game, but I'm telling you right now, 30 passing attempts should be illegal when it's Oregon State. I don't care if they're getting almost nine yards per attempt. Stop doing it. It's the reason you're losing. I feel very strongly about this. I did the math last week. Um, the Oregon State averages 21 passing attempts in their wins and 34 passing attempts in their losses, and they were at 30 30 attempts this game. Why are you doing that? What is happening here? I stop, run the damn ball, don't do anything else, Jonathan Smith. I I think you're one of the best coaches in the conference, and you're really making this tough for me. Um, Oregon State's defense was terrible. They couldn't get a stop. Like, it felt... It felt like they, seriously, it's it's what it's been all season, especially when they're not at home. Like, 
you're just praying that they manage to tackle the guy. And you shouldn't see that against Oregon State. Like, I get it against half of the Pac-12 that's more talented than them. Oh, excuse me, Utah State. But Utah State, like, you shouldn't be able to, I don't know. I'm upset. I'm very sad about it. This is a tough one for for us as a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Oregon State needs to hire a passing game coordinator, and the passing yeah. coordinator's job is to tell Jonathan Smith no. <laughs> we, we can't. Yeah. We can't just just sit there and like just just like, like bewilderedly like no. with all the fear in his eyes. It, We're already at no fifteen attempts. We don't have room for more. <laughs> yeah, we hit the quota, John. No, like hold up, you're, you're counting on off. his fingers, holding up his hands, just being like, I'm out. I'm out of fingers. I can't. We can't do any more. Yeah. <laughs> on first downs, where Jonathan Smith tries to pass like the passing coordinator he gets he gets to veto that's what we need and i think that would really improve oregon state <laughs> chance nolan isn't a terrible quarterback i think he had some of the best stats in the conference this year but he's good when you only let him throw the ball 20 times or less so let's just stick to that he's not a miracle worker you have bj baylor you have one of the best rushing offensive lines in the conference just run the ball. I don't know why Jonathan Smith gets antsy when he's not playing in Corvallis, but it's pissing me off. I mean, we haven't talked about schedule release for next season at all, right? No, we haven't. Another absolute travesty. Again, six road games for this team. Absurd. Absurd and unacceptable. I and UCLA only has four road games. Like, Do they really? Yeah. Can't wait for them to go 7-5 and five again. <laughs> UCLA only has four road games. Why aren't we giving this to the sweetheart of the conference, Oregon State? Seriously. Daddy George, I am begging you. I know you listen in. Please stop scheduling road games. This is terrible news. I have a question about Oregon State. I don't know if I missed something, but what happened to Fenwick? Deshaun Fenwick, uh, Oregon State's second back. Oh, he didn't actually, play at all in this game. I actually don't know the answer to that Which question. is weird. I don't know the answer either. I don't know if he didn't it's... play. He didn't play against Oregon. Did he get injured? I bet it's an injury. He, he had to have, have yeah. I'm, he's I'm good. A, the last game he played in was the Arizona State game when he had five carries. I mean, I, apparently, I'm an Oregon State casual. Yeah, I feel like but, a casual too. I don't know how I didn't notice him playing before. Him not playing, I should say. I just think that Baylor was really taking over as the primary back, so he didn't really notice very much because he he was killing it. Which, it, whew, this is almost as bad as the 30 attempts, 18 carries for him. Absolutely absurd. Only 20 touches in this game. That can't happen. You're just not going to win that game. I I think what's hard, like we talked about the defense and talking about how like they just had a really, really hard time getting off the field. I, If you told me going into this game that they were going to hold Utah State to 24 points, I'm locking up a win there. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. Definitely did not expect Oregon State's worst offensive game of the season to come in this spot. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> they were wearing home jerseys too, so I guess that proves that they actually have to be in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. They can't just be the designated home teams. Uh huh. Changes everything. In a Trying conference to tell me game, the laundry doesn't matter. Mm, I beg to differ. In a conference game, it would have mattered because I'm pretty sure 
Oregon State was wearing black uniforms when they beat USC in the Coliseum, but... Yeah, but everyone won in the Coliseum. That's true. Well, that's, yeah, so BYU playing in the Coliseum is a home game for everyone, I guess, so... Yeah, this season it was that way. A, it was just a rough, rough year on the road. I think... If the Pac-12 is going to insist on making Oregon State play road games, I think we should stop acknowledging games that Oregon State plays outside of Corvallis next season. I think we should just pretend. Hey, they as don't long exist. as we're going to keep calling the, uh, as long as we're going to keep calling Pac- uh, BYU the Pac-12 champion for going five and zero, like Oregon State should be right there for going four and zero at home. That's like, right. Absolutely unacceptable. In a shocking turn of events, what the Carlos hell? is here. Why are you Why? here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confused right now. The chemistry was so good. I thought we're he abandoned just, us. We're talking about Oregon State right now. I don't even think is he's going to say us. anything. His audio is, isn't even hooked is up, just, probably. Is he just watching? <laughs> <laughs> we are very professional on <laughs> No Truck Stops, the Pac-12 podcast. We've all given our thoughts on Oregon we're leaving State. This if in, you by want the way. to add anything, <laughs> this is we're extremely depressed. This is this is us getting it all out, and so we will not be fixing this. Yeah, uh, the Oregon State game, humiliating, embarrassing stuff, nauseating stuff from Oregon State. What that was their worst. You probably already all talked about this, and I'm sorry that I'm jumping on. I'm like, what a weird. Uh, you may have already even said Carlos is not even going to be here, and then I figured something <laughs> out internet wise. We did say that, yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing the uh, second location here. Amazing, like, yes. Did you it's get a, kidnapped? It's a, it's, I'm kidnapped, yes. And they're letting me, I convinced them to let me have internet. Never yeah, let I told them take them, you I to told a second them. location, Carlos. I told Come them, on. I told them, I just, can you just give me this one? I have a podcast that I do. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, we appreciate that. Unfortunately, that way we don't have to worry about a ransom. Unfortunately, can't be on here for long, so I don't know why I decided to join, just because the internet was on. But humiliating stuff from Oregon. This is easily, you probably all said this, the worst offensive performance from Oregon state all season uh Since got purdue, dominated yeah yeah i mean even the purdue game i just felt like they were able to get stuff going their lines were dominated uh, against utah state absolutely embarrassing um defensively again uh oregon state oregon state was better than i than i think uh i thought they might be away from corvallis but they were still not good that utah state was getting uh not whatever it wanted but frequently had long drives that sustained um they were not able to get them off the field just embarrassing stuff from Oregon State. Um, I'm sure Grapes has already talked about the passing attempts, but um, that was that was even early on when Oregon State was in, within striking distance. So, well, this is their lowest scoring game all season, too. Like even in their away games where they looked like absolute dog shit, they were still scoring a decent amount of points. Mm-hmm. So, this I'm was, sad. This was thoroughly depressing. Great start to the Pac-12's bowl game schedule. Yeah, looking All good, momentum. Folks. Now we have to go like 10 days without anything. We just have to sit on this one. <laughs> that might this be for horrible. the best, though. I, what I even, really don't need to see the next bowl loss. Who even is next? I think it's... Is it is ASU, it? Wisconsin, and the Vegas Bowl? Which oh, is what, the 29th? UCLA. Oh. NC State on the 28th. And that one's not going to be easy at all. Yeah, it's a loss for UCLA. I mean, if we go just based off of what, and we'll we'll pre, I'm sure we'll preview these at some point. But um, if we just go based off what UCLA's done this year, they haven't beaten a team with a, a, a winning record yet, and they haven't they've done it twice in all of Chip Kelly's tenure there. Um, and NC State, oh. uh, I don't know, might be good. We should I extend don't, him. 
<laughs> they, it's, it's shocking, I will say. Pretty shocking that they haven't already. Um, pretty yeah. stunning that we've gotten the early signing period and there is no contract that anyone knows about. I really only feel good about the Washington State-Miami game at this point. Yeah, do you feel good about that? I don't feel good about that. I watched That's Washington State. That's the one State. I feel best about. I yeah. I don't feel good about like it. Like if Jaden Delore is playing, at least there's a fifty fifty chance he's good. That's so a good point. yeah. <laughs> Miami is a fifty fifty. And Miami is exactly as undisciplined as we need him to be. Yeah, we'll see. Like we know Oregon's gonna lose to Oklahoma because uh conference championship losers don't win. I don't know. That game's kinda weird. But we'll see how that goes. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, the early signing period has come and gone. What's now basically the de facto national signing day. Matt has some updates. So go ahead and take it away. Yeah. So we'll kind of go over a really quick one here. Um, Brandon Huffman joined Ryan Abraham on, on Podcast of Champions. Really, really good listen if you're into recruiting um, and know some of the names. If you want some more deeper analysis, Huff is awesome at this stuff. Um, it was really weird, though, if you're a regular Podcast of Champions listener, like it was coherent and sounded good the whole time and was on topic and was a, a really informative and I learned a lot and I didn't like it. It was really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I, it, yeah, it felt gross. Um, it's always but... funny when both of the both of the hosts on Podcast of Champion like care. Um, <laughs> not to talk about another show, but like it's it's very funny and I've listened for years and it's very funny. They talk about uh, us. We owe it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very funny listening to like Ryan Abraham, who loves, absolutely loves college football, and David Woods, who I'm convinced in in like just in what he cares about and doesn't care about. I'm convinced he does not care about this sport. Just if you asked him about like ninety percent about the sport, it's like, yeah, I don't care about it. Can we just talk about something else? <laughs> uh, awesome. He cares. He cares about UCLA football. He experiences too much pain not to care <laughs> yeah that I, might be i it. think it's i think it's one of those things where he he genuinely actually does not care about it but it does provide his livelihood and so therefore it creates a burning hatred inside of him <laughs> like i actually think that there is genuine despite there um that i think is is frankly very well channeled i, I think that the the humor is fantastic there Let's talk about what the results are in after the early signing period. Bear in mind that especially this year, and I think probably this is going to look like this next year too, these recruiting classes require so much context and so much like just weirdness because of COVID uh, extended years, because of scholarship allotments, and because of looking forward to everything being limited back down to 85 scholarships. There's just, there's so many different weird things going on that we just can't go into right now. Again, if you want to go deeper on that, Huff hit a, hit on some of that. Um, that was really, really interesting. But just going through the rankings real quick, after the, um, after the early signing period, we'll just start at the bottom and go up. These are just the general um, rankings based off of 247's website. We only care about Pac-12 rankings because everything else is a truck stop and nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Um, last place, number 12, Washington, coming off of a new uh, coach. That makes sense. Only five commits. Um, this next one is interesting. Number 11, Arizona State coming in. At number 11, after the early signing period, only eight commits, only one four-star. 
definitely not not a good start to their class. Obviously, there's a lot of time to go there, but that one is rough. Um, Wazoo at 10, USC at 9. Uh, we're going to talk more about USC's class. Cal at 8, Oregon State at 7, um, Colorado at 6, Oregon at 5, UCLA at 4, Utah at 3, Arizona at 2, and Stanford at 1. Absolutely absurd. Uh, as far as what you know, potentially the top three of that looks like, um, that is that is absolutely insane and uh, definitely requires some context. I did go through, in my opinion, when you're looking at these early signing days, it, it there's a lot more value in just looking at your average star ranking because so much of it and your average ranking just because so much of this is based off of number of commits and so when you're looking at Stanford with 22 commits versus obviously USC at 7 commits that ranking's going to be a little bit skewed um when you go by the average ranking uh USC's number 1 Oregon's number 2 UCLA number 3 UW number 4 Stanford's still up at number 5 which is definitely surprising and then Utah at 6 and kind of on down so um kind of interesting a couple of just like quick notes on that Stanford actually filling out their class with the early signing period is interesting to me. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how Stanford, they've had a really hard time getting kids admitted. And so they've had a hard time filling their class with that early signing period and having to wait until the February date. So that's interesting. It seems like something has likely changed there that is getting kids to actually sign on the dotted line for the early signing period and for those to be, uh, you know, real, um, real offers. Uh, Arizona also really filled their class, 21 commits, four of them four stars. An insane bump for them in the average commit rating. Over the last three years, they've been averaging about 83 points on their commit rating, uh, over 86 in this year's, uh, 86.63, number seven in the conference, where they've been dead last for the last couple of years. Um, we've said it for a while that Jedfish has something happening there. I don't necessarily, I'm certainly not sitting here saying that Arizona is going to win the conference in the next two to three years, but that is a team. Um, even uh, Bill Connolly goes through and does a lot of post game win expectancies. Based off of post game win expectancy, they probably should have been a three win team this year. Uh, extremely unlucky. And so that, that coupled with a really good recruiting class, they might be figuring some stuff out there. If only um, someone had predicted this. Someone yeah, I mean, preseason maybe who thought Jed Fish was a good coach. You thought he'd go to a bowl, so you can pipe down. <laughs> I don't think he said, hey, did he say he would be bowl eligible? He said they challenge for bowl eligibility. And <laughs> post-game win expectancy, three games, I'd say that's challenging. <laughs> one in 11. <laughs> one in 11. Here, and one God, of those games they blew because Jed games. Fish was so bad. You've been they watching lost way the too Washington much UCLA, game. man. <laughs> they lost the Washington game because Jed Fish was terrible at his job. The one game, the one time where he he had Utah on the ropes and Utah was throttling everyone. Okay, whatever. We're not gonna get into Jetfish discourse right now. Yeah, um, we're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of Arizona discourse in this episode. By the way, at, at, this was kind of going on in, our, on in our Zoom chat here. Oregon basketball is beating Baylor, which is they're, if you listen to our basketball, now. they're tied now in the second half. But what the fuck? Of yeah. course, Oregon, as they suck shit, would beat the number one team in the country. Oh, that wait. I'm sorry. Quick. Are you guys pretending that a truck stop school might be good? Like, as <laughs> if this wasn't foretold. Quick plug to our basketball episodes, but I think this is this is like Oregon. Oregon has 48 points. That's typical of an entire game for them. 
Yeah. And they've got that's 11 right. minutes so left. So this is so. against the number one team in the country. This is fucking insane. Yeah, that would be that would be very funny. <laughs> Tune in Tuesdays at, Tuesday at 5 a.m. to hear us talk about it. <laughs> you have to wake up at 5 a.m. Yeah. Listen. That's how podcasts work. You don't get access to it if you wake up later. Live radio only. <laughs> Um, I just about your point about recruiting classes. I know that you're not finished yet. Um, I, I, I'm very impressed with what Stanford is getting, I guess. I mean, I, they have always had pretty highly rated classes. Haven't really done much with them. Um, again, also very surprised. And you pointed it out with what Arizona is doing. Um, did you say they're up to number 24 now in the 24 seven rankings? Uh, no, I didn't care about national. Oh, oh, oh. Um, what but are they, they're, they're two. They're second overall in the conference in their total ranking, but they're seventh in the average uh, recruit ranking. Mm. Yeah, still improvement. That's it's big a improvement. Huge jump. It's a huge jump. Given where that specifically was. coming off of a one-win season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how do you recruit to Arizona like that? I don't. What is he saying to them? What is he giving know. them? I feel he's like getting, he's pulling a lot of California of kids too. He's getting a lot of kids out of California. Greg, what are you saying? I was, I was saying uh, I think Rich Rod did a decent job. Like I think you can recruit at this level, like which is mid middle of the Pac-12. I think you can do that pretty sustainably at Arizona. It's just harder than it is at Arizona State, and Arizona State being bad certainly helps. Yeah, like and if they're going to have classes like this, you need to capitalize. And props to them for doing it. And they've beaten out Arizona State for a number of recruits in Arizona. Not a recruit, not a not a recruiting follower guy, <laughs> but uh, Arizona State uh, Arizona State fans are pretty upset with their class. And I and you know to your point, Matt, um, and what Brandon Huffman was saying, three grad assistants or three assistants, assistant coaches uh, who figured to be their best recruiters were put on leave before the season because of the NCAA investigation. We kind of thought, meh whatever like they aren't the big guys they aren't the ones perpetrating it but you're seeing it now um arizona definitively has a better class than arizona state arizona state's classes in the basement ah it's interesting i'll be very curious to see what arizona does with this over the next couple years have these recruits been to the stadium before because in my experience (laughs) i would not go to school there if i had to play there six times a year but i will say tucson is okay uh, hot the weather is good Tucson is a better city than than Tempe and Phoenix. I'll just say that. I know that Arizona State fans are going to kill me for that, but I I, I just think, yeah. I mean, Tucson is a uh, a smaller city that's a bit more you know hippie and hipster. I would pick a college town over a big city every day of the week. Yeah, like, and that's give what me a college is. town. Let it revolve around me, especially as a football player. Every time. And they and it does like even when Arizona's bad, they kind of get out there and get out and party for football games. Totally a thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My last point on this is just it, you kind of touched on it, Carlos. Yikes, Arizona State. Holy fuck! What are we doing? Um. How much was Antonio Pierce actually just doing the recruiting uh, by himself and with techniques that are no longer tenable for him to use anymore? Um, along with the fact that it's just we have no idea if he's actually going to be coaching there next year or not. Um, that is a huge, huge drop for them uh, that is really, really concerning. And especially, you know, especially as you're looking at uh, there, there's been a lot of talk about this early signing period and how 
it really, really hurts any of the schools that are having any sort of sea change, any sort of coming off of any sort of a difficult season, just because you have no idea what's going on with the coaches. And so it really rewards your continuity hires. You would expect ASU as obviously there's a lot of turmoil, but nobody's necessarily been fired. You wouldn't expect them to be that bad. You wouldn't expect them to be, you know, barely having trouble with keeping up and, and staying ahead of Washington State and and behind Oregon State and stuff like that. It's it is it's it's ugly there. That's that's very, very concerning to me. Any other reactions to these? Uh, I'm interested to see what National Signing Day, how that goes for USC, because as I understand it, most of what they've done since hiring Riley with this particular class has been trying to get guys to hold off on signing. Uh, they don't want them to sign on early signing day so they can have a better chance at them later. And so I'm interested to see how they do then, because right now their class isn't great. Not a lot of Yeah, commits. I think they're going to do a lot on actual National Signing Day. I think it's going to be scary. Yeah. But again, I welcome this. Yeah. Thank you for coming to this conference, mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley. <laughs> and transfers. <laughs> they they need a lot of, of roster turnover. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. wonder where Keaton Slovis is going. His name's in the trash portal now. Oh, Speaking and people of. are like talking about him like he's a hot commodity please watch football <laughs> he's not yeah, good he's not been good for a couple years now um i get that he's a name and maybe he showed flashes but buddy he was not he has not been good for two years pretty much <laughs> that is so funny to me okay let's move on to our next segment a little game we call food play do we have sound for this uh i did but We'll I just it, I we'll love I love that we're I just love that we're coping uh, our depression of Oregon State losing with food. It's yes. very mm-hmm. it's just beautiful to me. All right, the rules are simple. We are going to compare each 2021 Pac-12 season to a holiday food or drink. We've each been given a handful of teams, and we'll compare them to a food or drink and explain why we think they compare to that food or drink. Okay, so let's get started. To- Let's get started and to help us work through this, Carlos, you start first and start off with UCLA. Yeah, so I said uh, UCLA was tamales. Um, if you are unfamiliar, tamales are indeed a holiday food. Someone on here said that they weren't, <laughs> they didn't know that tamales were a holiday food. Well, I'm I'm a white person from. I was going to say for the so. white people in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, tamales are indeed a holiday food. Um, or, you know, and if in case for some reason, uh, the way I'm saying it is just making you think it's some foreign thing. Tamales. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, tamales. Oh, I wanted. <laughs> uh, yeah, UCLA or tamales, and here's why. I love tamales, but you can have bad tamales. In fact, baseline, the vast majority of tamales I've had are bad. They have a lot of really dry masa. There's not a lot of meat in a lot of them. They're poorly done, um, and they're often overpriced given, I mean, yeah, I don't know, depending on where you get them, but I just, I, when they're, but when they're good, they're the best food I've ever had. Uh, my mom's tamales, the best, one of the best meals I ever have is having tamales on Christmas Eve, Christmas day. Um, that's what UCLA was in 2021 for me. Uh, when they were good, they were like, they looked like a top 25 team. 
playing beating up against bad teams. Um, they beat the bad teams um, and lost to the good ones. And, buddy, when they played those good teams, they looked like ass. Um, Utah, Arizona State, Oregon, and Fresno State, all four of those games, UCLA was, for long stretches, non-competitive in those games. Um, people want to kind of point to Oregon being close, but, like, the post-game win expectancy for that was, like, 99%. Like, UCLA was very lucky to be in that game. Um, the Fresno State game, something similar. They had to rally back um, and had a lead late in that game. Arizona State got blown out in the second half. Utah, not competitive at all. Um, so UCLA is, when they're good, they're good. And they're fun to watch and they're enjoyable. And they tr- and they kind of trick you. They trick you into thinking, hey, wow, UCLA kind of beat up on some of these bad teams. I don't know. Maybe that maybe they're actually pretty good. Um, but when, the, you, when you get bad UCLA, you're getting bad dog shit UCLA um they were not um competitive in those games would be more encouraged with this season if they I don't know were like competitive against good teams you know if they had lost to Utah by three points and it was a real three-point game and UCLA Oregon was a back and forth tilt and they had lost that one by three points and if UCLA had played Fresno State and that was back and forth and maybe they had kind of blown a lead or something and that was a three-point game Arizona State if they had kind of kept up they did in the first as they did in the first half uh, and then lost by three you know be all more encouraging but anyway I'll just say UCLA at the models, when you get a bad one they're bad and that's often the case when you get a good one they're really good do you have like a preferable meat in tamales? Oh, uh, you know. Yeah, is um, it is it an option quarterback? Or are we talking pro style? <laughs> like, where, where's your tamales at here? <laughs> yeah, I love. Uh, I I am always a fan of green pork tamales or red beef tamales. There's green chicken tamales, which is something that people have. I'm I I prefer I prefer pork in there. Um. I, but between those two, I couldn't pick. Uh, when I eat three green uh, pork tamales, my favorite ones will become the red beef tamales. And when I have three red beef tamales, my favorite ones will become the green ones. So, yeah. Have you all had I, good tamales? Is that a – Yeah, no. Idea? So I will I will add to this much in the way of UCLA's recruiting. Uh, if you are buying your tamales um, legally from a licensed source – uh, that is is entirely food safe. You're doing it very very wrong. Yeah. Uh, if you are taking questionable acquisition tactics, um, and you are in uh, the sketchiest of Walmart parking lots, them's the good ones. Them's the good tamales. You got some of the crutes coming out of the mom's van. Uh huh. Yes. There's eight, you know, there's eighteen you know. of them in a Ziploc bag that there's no way they're being held at temp, but they're still very very warm. Yes. Yep. That's- um, that's yeah, right. that's, 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 that's good roster management. That's, that's what that is. That's literally what Arizona State did. They literally did this exact thing. They did it right. They just got caught. <laughs> <laughs> the state health department shut it all down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to keep going because I actually have to leave, which is very uh, weird to do in the middle of a podcast. Just to okay, leave. To okay, come Matt. On. <laughs> Take it away, Matt. Wait, I thought Carlos was going to keep no, I'm gonna going do, on I'm history. I'm going to do all mine. I'm going to do all oh, mine. okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State to me was um, pozole. I'm sticking, with me- I'm sticking with Mexican food. If you've never had pozole, it's like a, it's like a red broth is there, soup. Is there a white person uh, pozole, pronunciation of that? Pozole. 
Okay, that didn't help. <laughs> I'm like googling it. Yeah, I'm I'm with Matt. Uh, oh, with a Z. Okay, yes. I've, I've seen I've seen this. I've seen this. Oh my gosh, I hate us so much. You're so white. I'm so sorry. You got this. Is an incredible eye-opening experience to white people from Utah for our yeah. listeners. Amazing, amazing. It's a red broth soup. Uh, with, tip- <coughs> I think it's typically pork, although I think I've seen it with chicken. Um, and there's some hominy in there. And I- I've got to say, every time I hear pozoles on the menu, I get kind of excited. And I'm really, I'm kind of really into the pozole. I look forward to it. And then I have it, and it's just not good. You know, it's just, I mean, it's probably good to other people. I personally just don't like it. Who, I, I don't know, it's soup. And, uh, you know, my tolerance for soup isn't great. Um... You know, people seem to like it, um, but I'd say by the end of the end of the time, no one's really going for the pozole anymore. No one's going back for seconds. You had your pozole, and that was it. That's what I feel about Arizona State. Arizona State, pretty good to start the season. Pretty exciting. In fact, I thought they were the best Pac-12 team going away. I was like, first six weeks, five weeks of the season, I was like, oh boy, this this Arizona State team, they might go eleven and one. This looks like an eleven and one team. Had the best running game in the conference. Um, maybe one of the three best offensive lines. They had a top three quarterback in Jaden Daniels. Their defense was easily top three, if not top two, if not the best uh, by this time. And then the Utah game happened, and the second half of the Utah game happened, and, buddy, they fell off. Um, That shit derailed so fast. Um, Then the Washington State game happened, and they kind of spiraled, and they never really recovered. They looked bad, you know, and by the end of it, it was just like, ugh, I don't want this. I want something else. I wish, you know, I'm not going to go back for seconds of the season. So um, that's how I felt about Arizona State. Last one here, uh, Stanford. Thank you all for giving me the chance to go to, to get these all out of the way. Uh, Stanford is fruitcake. And the reason they're <laughs> fruitcake is that in holiday that lore. That is brutal. Is, is fruitcake Spanish? <laughs> Fruit the cake. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, it's not. I don't even know what it is. It's not Spanish, Mexican. Avery. It's Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> not the same thing. I know that. I know that. I know that. It is late. Oh, my gosh. We're getting extremely canceled. I love it. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, Stanford is fruitcake because in holiday lore, everyone fucking hates fruitcake. Like, it is by far the thing that everybody kind of thinks about and says, do not bring that to a party. Now, inevitably, there will always be someone that's like, hey, you know what? You never had my fruitcake before. And then you have their fruitcake and it's not good. Uh, so, fruit. And, and this is how I feel about Stanford also. In the Pac 12 this season, the worst, the worst team, the most unwatchable team, the, at, like by far the worst team in the league they looked good kind of to start um and maybe this is the someone convincing themselves that they could bring a fruitcake that people will like but by the end of it they were dog shit they were good at absolutely nothing like nothing they were good at nothing uh it looked like maybe tanner mckee might come back and fix some of those issues but buddy they were too far gone by then 
They were horrible at, at stopping the run. They were horrible at running the ball themselves. For a little bit, we thought maybe their quarterback play was good with Tanner McKee. He got hurt. Everything got derailed, so they were bad at that too. Um, and eventually, it just kind of bled into everything else. Then they got really bad at stopping the pass, and then they were giving up, I don't know, what was it, 55 points to Utah? Um, so Stanford is fruitcake in that by consensus, everyone thinks that fruitcake is bad. No matter how many times you try to convince yourself that it's good, it's bad. Yeah, this is this is great because you're gonna have at every single one of your parties here, you're gonna have one of those great aunts. She's definitely single. You don't actually like she has stories about being divorced five times, but you actually have never met one of her spouses um that is obsessed with it. Like jams it down your throat, wants you to try it every single time, tells you specifically that you've never tried this before, and is absolutely adamant that you have to try her fruitcake because it's so good. I'm going to put it on ABC three times this year. It's going to be amazing. Oh, the tradition. This is really good. And then you're going to have that one uncle, that one weird Uncle Matt from No Truck Stops podcast that's going to just sit there at the end of the night and be like, solid. Solid, competent fruitcake. Competent. Competent fruitcake. Yep. Competent fruitcake. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I really like that one. <laughs> All right. Carlos said without, left without saying goodbye. So, Podcast Matt, dad has gone out for You're up with incredibly USC. rude once again. All right. So, USC, I, I have is the wine. And there's a lot of, of the easy, um, you know, it's, it's the rich, it's the posh, it's the... Um, you know, it's, it's only good when it's good. And then when it's, when it's not, it's, it's pretty much, we just ignore it. Um, the, the reason for the wine is that every single day it is going to get the job done. It doesn't matter if it's good wine. It doesn't matter if it's bad wine. It's still going to kick your ass at the end of the night at some point. Furthermore, uh, it is something that is going to work on every single holiday. There is no matchup that this doesn't work in. And that ultimately it actually tastes like crap, but you kind of actually have to have it to deal with your (laughs) (laughs) in-laws. Tastes like crap. You don't like it. I actually really, really need it for this to be tolerable and for Pac-12 football to be decent. That's really good. I like it. That's good. Have you ever had wine, Greg? Um, Are you allowed to answer that question? Let's move on. <laughs> my, 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 my attorney has advised me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I have Colorado and I've decided that Colorado is um, novelty candy cane flavors. So like not the red and white candy canes, like the, anything else. Oh, like the tangerine shit. Yeah. Any other flavor <laughs> that they try to make out of candy canes. Nobody actually tries these. Um, if you do try these, if you do attempt to watch Colorado um, football. It's for some all other motive. Um, it's to watch the terrible defense or it's just because you already have them on hand. Um, they're never, they're never, you're never going to finish it. You're never going to enjoy it. It's just there and you don't know why, but it's not going to taste good. Don't know why they exist, but they're there. And for some reason you have to try them. I like it. Uh, I'm not one of the freaks who enjoys candy canes, but I am one of the freaks who watched a lot of Colorado football and enjoyed <laughs> it. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's a good comp. I actually entirely agree. I don't think candy canes are good in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think their flavor is mid at best, and the delivery system is horrendous. Mm-hmm. It's Nobody, sticky. Who finishes it makes candy an canes? absolute mask. 
ever. Yeah, it it makes an absolute mess. There's collateral damage everywhere. Hands I, are sticky I actually, for ages, no matter how many times you wash them. Yeah, I agree. I I actually think that like candy canes are a Ponzi scheme, and I think that's probably <laughs> what Colorado football is right now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Point. Would explain the offensive coordinator higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty. Yeah, I think that's solid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I got Utah. And for Utah, I went with mashed potatoes. They're just consistently delicious, and I can never get enough. That's how I felt about Utah football this season. Uh, at least how I felt about Utah football once Cam Rising started. I'm just ignoring the non-conference. Those games don't count. But since then, Utah's football has been just like mashed, mashed potatoes. Best thing on the plate, consistently delicious, just very good. Yeah, I disagree on the best thing on the plate because I don't think it's always going to be the best thing on the plate, but it's always going to be a solid eight out of ten. So, like, it is definitely the most consistent on the plate. Maybe you throw a little gravy on it and, and like, actually score more than two touchdowns in a game. Hmm, Mm -hmm. Maybe you do that. Um, And then otherwise, yeah, like, maybe there's something else that just it just can't compete with. Mm -hmm. You know, like a good prime rib. You're just not going to win that battle. No chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, it's I the most that's solid the right. on the plate. So if everything else on the plate isn't good, mashed potatoes is the best thing on the plate. Yeah. Which you can fill is up the twenty twenty one season. Be plenty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep, that's good. Um, moving on to Arizona. So Arizona is turkey for me. Um, Three hundred and sixty four days out of the year, this is going to be absolute trash. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be good. And one time a year, they're going to get that one win, and everybody's going to love it. And you know what? Damn it, it's going to be really good. And then the next week, you're going to be like, you know what? I want to mess around and make another one. Because for some reason, we bought another one while it was on sale because there was 100 left over on the truck. And it's not going to be good because you're not going to spend the four days to cook it, and you're not going to like actually do it right. And ultimately, it's just a lot of work for very, very little reward. It's going to be dry. like It's just baked in the sun. We're in the desert here in Arizona. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with Arizona being the turkey. Yeah, it, it needs to be there because it's always been there, but nobody actually wants to partake of the turkey. Yeah, I like the one-day-a-year thing. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think Oregon State is fudge. Um, fudge is my favorite holiday treat by far. I fucking Making go crazy for fudge. I love fudge. But the thing with fudge is, it's hard to find good fudge. You don't you don't find good fudge easily. Most of it's mediocre fudge. I don't. Most people probably haven't sampled as much fudge as I have because I'm a freak. <laughs> but the best fudge comes from fudge like stores that are dedicated to making fudge, mm-hmm. which are rare. Because you so, need to take the time. You find them actually... in small towns in small uh-huh. little like huts, and then you exactly. Eat it, and it's, fantastic and i guess that's corvallis it's corvallis corvallis is a fudge store where they make their fudge handmade they spend all their time on the fudge but when they ship the fudge to other locations doesn't travel well it doesn't travel well it's just not the same it's a great comp it's never it's 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 delicious it falls apart it's not the same (laughs) exactly (laughs) the best fudge comes from fudge stores and you're just never going to achieve that you know no matter even if you make it at home it's still okay fudge but it's just not the same as getting it from a fudge store. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, for Oregon, I went with cake. Uh, and the reason for this is when I start eating cake, I think, I love this. This is really good. 
<coughs> but like as I go, it just gets less and less good by the bite, and by the end, I just feel sick. And I'm, I, I imagine that my experience eating cake is very similar to what Oregon fans went through this football season. You start out, beat Ohio State, this is awesome. And then just as you go, it just like it's just less and less good. And then you just got your shit kicked in by Utah twice and you feel sick. So I was I actually I'm I'm just cause I have a, a counter argument on this. And maybe y'all can help me with this because these are traditions that my family never partook in. I feel like Oregon is like the Christmas charcuterie or fondue. Like oh. it's new money. It's it's new <laughs> new traditions that a lot of people are getting into, especially nationally. It's not uh-huh. it's not just located to just one region. And ultimately, like it's good. It's it's really, really good, and especially when you do it well. But it also costs a ton of money. Not not crazy good value. You're you're throwing shit on a board, you're dumping a bunch of stuff in a bunch of different flavors. Um, you know, you've got your 18 different uniform or charcuterie combinations. Um, is that, am I off base on that? Like, is that actually something that's like well-traditioned over the last hundred years? No, I don't think it's like considered holiday tradition. And sometimes it just feels like you're doing too much. It's more of like board. an Instagram trend. Just stick with cheese and crackers. Cool. Why are you trying so hard? Yeah. Specifically a can of cheese whiz. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, cheese but... whiz and club crackers. It's great. Uh, don't know <laughs> shut up greg you're not better greg than me agree. you're not better than me <laughs> <laughs> all right okay that's it's good though cake is good um cal so cal is the rolls and here's the reason why cal is rolls because rolls is the assignment you give to the crazy uncle that maybe actually isn't all that crazy you're just not sure if they're going to show up. So somebody else brings rolls, and just in case, I don't know, maybe they get picked off by the health department for some some inconclusive tests or something <laughs> like that, it's okay. You're still covered. You don't actually ultimately need rolls, but somebody still brought them because they're cheap and you can use them in a bunch of other ways. And they don't make the meal. They don't break the meal. But again, if the person that's in charge of actually bringing the rolls doesn't show up, we're okay. I, I think uh, it's solid. I think I'm higher on rolls than you are. I love rolls. Don't get me wrong. Bread is great. I like rolls too, but bad rolls are bad. Like Cal coached by Justin Wilcox is bad. No, he's a good coach. Huh. According to Carlos, he's not <laughs> yeah. here, so I feel too, like I need Too to... good even for Oregon. <laughs> okay, so for Washington, I've decided that they are hot chocolate. And don't get me wrong. This you is can, brutal. You can get some really good hot chocolate, like the homemade stuff where you melt the chocolate in with the milk and cream and you add some cinnamon. That shit's good. But how often do you have good hot chocolate? Very infrequently. The idea of hot chocolate's super nice. You know, when you're cold, you're like, man, I love some hot chocolate until you go get that mixed hot chocolate that comes from those awful packages and it's always way too watery. And it just doesn't hit the expectations that you set for it. And it just feels like it's never going to achieve anything more than this overwatered hot chocolate, even though you know it can be that just excellent homemade shit. It's not. It's always the packaged, overwatered, with the miniature crunchy marshmallows. And you're just upset about it. Wow, and a cider is better. Attack on Swiss Miss. <laughs> a direct attack on Swiss. I agree. Cider's better. Hot coffee's better. 
like give me just a straight cup of black coffee it's going to feel so much better going down 100 percent. but you always like i feel like before i have hot chocolate i'm like man hot chocolate would be great right now like that i would love some hot chocolate and then i'm always mm-hmm. disappointed i've never not been disappointed i think Oh, see, like, I think there are some hot chocolate, and it's, like, it hits the spot. It's perfect. It's exactly what you need. But uh, there, I think most of the time, he nailed it. It, it is disappointing. I, I think I think this time. is also really good because it does have the ability to stand on its own, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is actual actually a power play. It doesn't need anything else around it. It doesn't need to be lifted up. Uh, this is also something that is loved by my mother, uh, <laughs> who who grew of age in the 80s and 90s. Uh. So when <laughs> Washington was actually <laughs> good go. and actually a power. So this, the, I think that there's some, nice. some, some things there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Uh, <coughs> Finally, for Washington State, I'm I'm going with eggnog, but like eggnog with like a lot of alcohol in there because <laughs> Washington State season this year was was drunk. Like every time, like it was just chaos at all times. I swear, everything they did felt surprising. And then there was the whole thing with Rolovich being an anti-vaxer, and it's just like I think we said it a little bit earlier in the show. Every game Washington State plays with Jaden Delara starting, they have a 50% chance of winning or a 50% chance of losing because you just don't know what's going to happen. The so. the high alcohol content here is incredibly important because mm-hmm. I yeah. hated Washington State for the first four weeks of the season. That was like which the is watered exactly down how I feel yeah. for the first four like sips of it. Where it's just like I. I don't actually know if this is going anywhere, but I feel like I have to because um, they're technically not a truck stop, I'm pretty sure. And then, yeah, by the end of the season, like, I'm in love with this great. stuff. Yeah. I'm in love with Washington State. I love what they got going on. Yes, exactly that. Yeah, I hate eggnog, but I've never it's had terrible. alcoholic eggnog, so I might change my mind on it if I tried it. I totally see that. Well, all right. I hope that yeah, was fun I'm not for a everyone fan. else. I'm not a fan of eggnog either. Yeah. <laughs> I usually water it down with milk if I drink it, but that's not very often. Um, let's move on to a segment segment called We... No, sorry. Sorry, guys. It's called <laughs> You Know Ball. <laughs> We're very mean to each other usually. We love to dunk on each other. We love to clown on each other. But in the holiday spirit, we thought we'd be nice to each other for once. The rule here is pretty clear. You're going to pick a take from someone from earlier in the football season that you really liked and that turned out well. And that and tell that person that they know ball. I'll start us off with Matt. This was really difficult because I was going to just straight up say um, all of Matt's weekly picks because he won the weekly pickums, but I feel like that's too easy. Every single take <laughs> was great. So I've decided that Matt's best pick here is he was the highest on Oregon of all of us, and I will say still think Oregon shit, but Oregon was the closest to making the playoffs, which Matt chose as a hot take preseason. And I'm going to give him credit for it because, you know what, they were they were basically a loss to Utah away from doing that. We'll forget the Pac-12 championship. We'll just say regular season. <laughs> but, like, Oregon looked like they were pretty good after beating Ohio State. And I think, Greg, you picked Oregon to win the North at least. 
but you yeah. also picked Arizona State to win the conference, and so that we don't, we don't have to think completely about completely erases <laughs> the, any um, good take you had about Oregon. So you know what, Matt? You know Ball for th- believing in Oregon um, up until playing Utah, at least. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Love that. All right. Uh, am I? Are we doing it with just us three, or are we pretending yeah. that Carlos is here? I so think we're I, doing- Carlos picked grapes. And uh, he said that uh, pretty much every uh, the the witchcraft um, was her biggest uh, greatest take. Um, I'm making this up, but I, the vibe reading was <laughs> incredible. And he actually said that uh, her pick to her pick for Devin Lloyd to win Defensive Player of the Year was. I forgot I made that. Pick. <laughs> so did I, <laughs> especially because you had Kayvon Thibodeau as a Heisman finalist. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make any sense, but I was right. So you were right, yeah. Let's go. The witchcraft right, is good too, though. <laughs> All right, good take. Good Carlos. take, Carlos. Mine nice. for Carlos was uh, he got in earlier on DTR this season than any of us did. That's true, like, he did. He was the first to say this is a different DTR, while the rest of us were still waiting for him to like fumble horribly every single game like carlos is like it's only happened twice this season like six weeks in and he was like hey dtr might be the best quarterback in the conference and he might have been he was really really good so good job carlos on not being blinded by past dtr and recognizing (laughs) what we have in present dtr yeah for the most traumatized of us the the most traumatized by ucla football to get something right about ucla football really weird any hoodle um, Greg, your greatest take, I wrote this down somewhere and I don't, I think I deleted it. So I'm nice. going to just make something up. Oh no, I remember what it was. Uh, Colorado, the, the Colorado love, um, you were all in on how it was your favorite team in the pac 12 yes. and how they were insanely watchable. <laughs> and there was so much value there while we were absolutely shitting on them for the first three to four weeks of the season. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I had so much fun watching them. Uh-huh. There was zero expectation. The only expectation is that they would not succeed and they would not gain 100 <laughs> yards. Uh, it was wonderful. Absolutely lovely. Uh, the Colorado stand, Greg. Absolutely yes. wonderful take by you. Go Buffs. I wish we could go back into t- in time where we were doing Colorado Yardage Watch because that was just like the best few weeks of my life. It was so nice. It's just pure joy. Until the games. offensive line coach was sacrificed. Mm-hmm. A dark day for Pac-12 football, that was. <laughs> truly, truly terrible. All right, that's it for us. No bowl games to predict this week. All of the bowl games for the league are coming after the 28th, so we'll predict them next week. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoChuckSupsPod, and be sure to tune into our basketball episode dropping Tuesdays at 5 a.m. Pacific. So many of y'all already are, but if you aren't, come talk ball with us. For Carlos at Equity Bruin, Greg at Banana Morphs, and Matthew Burtson at Matt Nightbird, I'm Avery at Brave underscore Grapes. Thanks for listening, and always remember, there are no truck stops here. At least, like, in a week there won't be. I don't know. know. Feeling bad Not even one. Still and thick with smoke So thick it makes